Hello and welcome to show number 505 of the Disney Nerds Podcast. Hey guys, how's it going and welcome back to the show. This is Ed and on this week's show, we're going to do another part of a continuing podcast series that we've got going about how we met our co-hosts. Each of these episodes, I've been pulling up the first episode one of our co-hosts actually came on the show and did a show with us. This week, it's all about Lisa. Lisa's been with us for probably the, the full length of the show minus two years, so about eight years, and has been a great help and a great friend uh, ever since we met her. She started out up in Massachusetts and was one of the lucky ones that made the trip down to Disney World. She lives in that area and has done a lot of work for us while she's been down there, which has been awesome. Lisa's great, and she has a really, really vast Disney knowledge, and you can hear her experience from the parks as we do the shows. Uh, this is her first show, and she did very well, and as you know from our live show, Jimmy and her started that out on Tuesday nights on Facebook, and she kind of helped us get that started and moving fast. Just one final warning, this is a show from a long time ago. Even though it's about our meetups, it's a meetups from about eight years ago. So take that with a grain of salt. Here we go. Okay, so without further ado, this is way back to show number 156, the first time Lisa was with us. Here we go. This week's episode of the Disney Nerds Podcast is brought to you by Kingdom Strollers. Kingdom Strollers rents premium strollers in the Orlando area. Whether it be a single, double, or special needs, they can help you out. Kingdom Strollers is also Disney approved, which means they can deliver directly to your hotel and pick it up when you're done. The next time you're headed to the Orlando area, don't pay extra to fly with your stroller. Save that room in your trunk for those extra pair of tennis shoes you'll know you'll need. Contact our friends over at Kingdom Strollers at www.kingdomstrollers.com. Welcome to the splendor, the spectacle, the sparkling sensation, where the romance, the comedy, and the thrill of Disney fantasies come to electric life. And as our friend Jiminy said, welcome. Welcome to the Disney Nerds Podcast. A place each week where like-minded people get together to discuss all things Disney. We'll help you get your Disney fix on. Here we go. A Magic Kingdom proudly presents, in a million points of musical light, the magical worlds of Disney. Hello and welcome to show number 156 of the Disney Nerds Podcast. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome back to the show. On this week's show, we're going to be going over our trips down to Walt Disney World we had this past October. For tonight, I'm lucky to have Lisa with us. Now, Lisa is a friend of ours who actually helps us out a lot on our Facebook page. She's one of our admins that keeps that Facebook page uh, running really smooth. And a great friend of ours who basically has kind of been coming down to the parks and meeting up with us. Hey, Lisa, how's it going? How are you doing tonight, Ed? 
doing really good, doing really good. And congratulations are in order. Uh, Lisa just got married a couple weeks ago. How's it going? It's going well. I'm still married, so things are going very well. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Always a good sign. Always a good sign. Uh, along with us tonight, also, we have Sam. Hey, Sam, how's it going? Ed, how are you, my man? I'm doing great. Doing good. Doing very good. Um, well, last week, you guys listened to us. We did our show on the Muppets, Taking Over Walt Disney World, and we had a lot of good replies about that show, and I'm really kind of happy about that. Um, so definitely keep writing in your emails. And we're going to be touching on the Muppets probably in a couple weeks. We're going to try to get Steve Swanson on the show kind of get his take on what's going on in Walt Disney World and to see what he thinks maybe where the Muppets are going to be going. How about uh, but that for, little uh, news that broke about Muppet Babies coming back? That's kind of cool, with 3D animation. I kind of like that. Right. It seems like they're keeping the Muppets fresh on TV in any format. That's good. We'll see how they take it seriously in the parks now, too. Uh, if the show's a hit, maybe a year from now we'll see some Muppet Babies running around. Uh, do you guys remember that show from uh, the first time, first generation of it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Muppet yeah, Babies. I can almost hear the song. Yeah, in my head, I was going to say. I won't sing it. I sang last. Either week. will I. <laughs> <laughs> but that said, we um, have a whole land coming, so you need to get some things to fill it. So this could be good. I'm happy about it. Oh, definitely. Now, I, I tell you what, that Muppet quote-unquote lands, I think you're being over uh, overzealous on that. I don't but we'll know. Muppet Courtyard, you got Muppet Vision, you have a restaurant coming, there's lots of space there. I, I, I think that there are some interesting things in store for us there. I Time think there's going a lot of room for growth. I think Muppets are going to be a big part of what they do. Well, I hope so. I hope so, and I hope the, uh, the failure of the show isn't going to kind of diminish that. Um, okay, well, so what we're going to do this week, guys, is we want to talk about our trip down to Walt Disney World. And before we get to the really good stuff, uh, we're going to touch a little bit back on the Hurricane Matthew. Now, Lisa actually had plans to fly down. Uh, what day were you actually going to fly down? We were flying down on Friday, October 7th. Oh, boom, target day. <laughs> so, uh, and of course, the flights got canceled. Yes, on Thursday, which happened to be my wedding day, uh, I received a, a text message at 8.30 in the morning, almost almost practically woke me up, that said, your flight is canceled, um, which w I, I followed that up with a quick phone call to um, my airline, who told me that I wasn't going to be able to get down there until at the earliest Monday. Monday. Wow. Wow. That's, that's crazy, actually, based on what happened. Um, okay, so you took some drastic measures. You made a big decision. Yeah, we did. Uh, we had, so it was just myself and Angela, but we had two other people coming with us that were flying back out on Tuesday. So they were only down for four days. So we decided on a whim, and it was a really big whim because we had a lot going on that day with the wedding. Sure. Um, to rent a car drive it one way to Disney World. Wow. So when you say that, you're talking from the, we'll call it the New England area. So this isn't a, an eight-hour drive. This is a hike. No, right? I mean, it, on average, you're talking 22 hours. You're talking right. really 22 hours door-to-door, -door, 21, 22 hours door-to-door -door, uh, is what you're talking. And there were four of us that were driving down, so we really thought we could split it up really nicely. Um, I was 
crazy. You know, I'm a Disney nerd. So I thought, well, I'm going to get married. We're going to have the reception. Hey, what do you guys think about getting in the car right then? And they all looked at me like I was crazy, and I'm really glad that they did, and that we got a good night's sleep before we got in the car. Right. So what time did you leave? We ended up leaving at 10 o'clock in the morning, 10.30 in the morning, on Friday morning. Friday morning, which okay. is the day the parks are closed, and and we're running around trying to find things to do. To put yeah, so this is now, in, in your time, Walt Disney World's time, uh, the parks are closed... Uh, they had right. closed down on Thursday night at 5 o'clock, which happened to be the exact time of my wedding. I, I can't begin to tell you the number of people that came over to me during my reception and said, did you hear they closed Disney? Uh, <laughs> for you, by the way. That's kind of Yeah, cool. yes, just just for me. And, and I had to explain to them that it, it, just for the day, not forever. When I get down, oh, there, right, it'll right. be there. Uh, but, yeah, so we left at uh, 10.30 in the morning. Uh and decided to take the smart route because what we were doing was, you know, we live up in New England, so we're living in Massachusetts. We're, the best route is to take 95 straight down. Right. And if we had taken 95 straight down, we would have literally come head-on collision with Matthew. Sure, it was hugging the coast. Yep. So we had decided to cut across to the western side of the states, cut across to Harrisburg and take 81 down. Um which was a very good decision. I, I, I swear to you, it was an outstanding decision. So we didn't really hit the outer bands of the, the hurricane until probably around South Carolina. And at that point, I was it was probably midnight on Friday. And I was incredibly close to the radar and my weather.com app and looking and seeing how long it was going to take me to get from where I was to Walt Disney World because we had no plans at all of stopping we were going straight through we had no intention of getting a hotel room we were just gonna go um and and that that held true we did not stop we decided in i believe columbia or just right around columbia south carolina to veer towards the coast um i thought in all of my um, wisdom in my almost 40 years of living in in New England and dealing with bad weather that I could deal with driving through the rain and 40 mile an hour winds by the time we get through to Georgia. But one of the things I definitely didn't take into account was that that a lot of these areas had just seen, you know, 60, 70, 80 mile an hour wind gusts. Sure. Uh, about three, four, five hours before. So now it's four o'clock in the morning and I'm driving through a back road in Georgia and I'm dealing with, with trees. Trees everywhere. I, yeah, trees. I can imagine this. This yep. is not Power a pleasant drive. Absolutely pitch black because the power's out. It was it was crazy. And I know uh, I, I have a lot of, I, I have video. Once we got into a, a semi-built-up area, we just decided to pull over because of how crazy that drive was just to pull over and sit for about an hour and a half, wait for a gas station to open, open up because that became a crucial part of the drive was that we were slowly running out of gas. And now we're in this really badly beaten up area. 
I, I did see a picture of that, Lisa. I think you showed us a picture of, I, I forget if it was 95 when you got back onto it or if it was 81, whatever, but it had trees on the highway. And it was a really wide highway. You don't usually see trees like that. It was. It was 95. After we, after we stopped, after we had that rest, um, we were we able to find a gas station that was open. Uh, and one of the things, when you're not a local, we had an interesting run-in with law enforcement. Um, asking us where to go because there were so many trees down they couldn't find their way to what their assignment was. And we had an interesting one with law enforcement who told us that there was a curfew and we hadn't put that together yet. We hadn't realized that. Oh, you weren't supposed to be out, right? We weren't right. supposed to be out. And here we are driving down this road heading towards 95 and we are the only car on the road. Well, how would you find out in South Carolina that you're not allowed on the road? I mean, I guess if you looked ahead of time, you would have South Carolina stations ready to go as you're driving through for traffic and stuff. But other than that, I'm just blowing right through. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, it. That's, that's what I'm thinking. I just, right. I just want to get there. Let, let me get there. I'll get there. But I understand it because the police, they want to have to take a break, too. So the curfew kind of gives them a breather as far as nobody's supposed to be out there getting in trouble. Right. So we uh, we pulled over, took about an hour and a half rest um, in Georgia, just in a parking lot that didn't have any trees or anything that I knew was going to fall and destroy the <laughs> nice rental car that we were able to get. Uh, and we were lucky enough to get an SUV. I'm, I'm really happy about that because it proved to be very beneficial to get around some of the trees. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Well, we, uh, we took that about hour and a half, two hour rest and got to a gas station. And as it turned out, we were literally a mile away from 95. So we got, went straight, jumped onto 95. They let us right onto 95. There was nobody blocking 95 at all. And it was just us and power trucks and a lot of trees down and a lot of police officers going in the opposite direction. And it was just a straight shot. There was nobody else on the road. So really, <laughs> sure, they're all qu- they're, they're all stuck on. inside. They're all being told not to go anywhere. I did the one interesting <laughs> right. thing though, as we were driving south, and I, I told a few people of this when they've asked me about this crazy story, is that once you got on 95, they really weren't letting you off 95 in Georgia. And if you were able to get off of 95, the further south you went. They were not letting you go anywhere near the coast. They were they were blocking all roads that had access to the, to the coast. Sure, they knew that they had at least evaluate what what happened overnight. Right. So it it was it was so you got to think we got in the car at around ten thirty on Friday, um, with that hour and a half stop, and we did stop for breakfast once we got into Florida. But after that, we we landed at probably one o'clock, one one thirty. So you're talking almost 20, 27 hours in the car. Wow. That is sick. <laughs> which is which is a long time. Uh, Twenty seven hours in in the car with a with a few breaks here and there, um, and no. You know, I, I know all of us Disney nerds out there would totally respect that. We checked into our hotel and returned the rental car at one of the hotels 
one of those uh, Disney Springs hotels there on Hotel Boulevard, mm-hmm. and immediately hopped on a bus and went right to Magic Kingdom. Nice. That is nice. So, so that's Saturday now. That's Saturday. We arrived 21 hours later than we would have had we flown. So it was a 21-hour delay. staying back and not leaving until Monday, which was four days later. Versus staying back and leaving until Monday. Right, we are two days, but yeah, you know, still better. You're there for a couple extra days. Awesome. So... Did you um, did you lose a day as far as the hotel goes? Were you able to take care of that, or was no issue? Well, I have this outstanding travel agent <laughs> at Once Upon a Time Travel. I I was able to call Jimmy uh, when I was on the road on Friday morning. I gave him a call and let him know the status of our trip and that we wouldn't get there until Saturday, and he was able to adjust everything for me. It was legitimately the one thing I wasn't worried about at all. I knew, nice. I knew he'd be able to take care of all of that for us. Awesome. Yeah, that's kind of cool, because that is the last thing you want to worry about, is finally getting down there and then getting messed up as far as the hotel room goes. Um, well, awesome. Uh, glad that you made it, and then we all kind of met up Saturday night, which was really, really cool. Yeah, we were able to head on over to Epcot and enjoy uh, an evening, an evening with the nerds. I was really disappointed that I, I I just missed getting down there for for the scavenger hunt. I had just missed it. Oh right, right. Because uh, we were at, we were all keeping touch all day as far as where everybody was and trying to catch up to everybody. And unfortunately, with Saturday being the last day for a lot of us, we were really jumping around and trying to get last minute things done. Um, that was, so that was unfortunate. Wish we could have hung out a little bit more. Yeah, I think losing that day for for you guys that were already down there, losing that <clears throat> that full park day, uh, certainly made an impact on all your plans. Oh sure, sure. And it's funny because you think of it only being one day, but that was um, you know we get a lot of stuff done in one day. Absolutely. Um, okay. Well, I tell you what. We all had some great times down there this time around and definitely did some new things. So let's kind of go over some of the things that really stood out as far as something new that you might have done that maybe somebody listening to the show is going to have to check out. Wow. Uh, I know. Well, I got to th- – I was going to say, you were there for how long? We, with, uh, we were down there for 11 days. Okay, so you had plenty of time to check out stuff. Yeah, we, so let me, uh, we certainly – we, we did all of our standbys and all of our favorites, but we did do a few things that uh, that were new to us. There's certainly, um, there are a few things that are new to Disney, um, but we did uh, things for the 28th time, my 28th trip to Disney World, I had never, ever, ever done the Keys to the Kingdom tour. Oh, oh nice. Okay. So that was my first ever, ever trip to the Keys to the Kingdom tour. I uh, have... Have you done any other tours before? None. Okay, so what'd you think? It was outstanding. And one of the right? one of the things I, I learned is that as magical as I thought that that tour was, one of the things that people tell me about why they don't do the Keys to the Kingdom tour is that they don't want to lose the magic. <laughs> and I really, really, really feel like it made it more magical for me. Oh, no doubt. Um, we've done it before, and I totally agree in that you can see what behind the house looks like, but you can also see what it takes to keep it going. 
and uh, there was just a lot of stuff. I remember you were saying at one point you were down by where the parade floats were, and they were practicing for the new parade. Oh, pra- we were just standing there, and even our tour guide, and I'll get to that in a second about how amazing she was, uh, our tour guide stopped and said, I'm going to stop talking right now because you guys are not going to pay attention to me. And she had us turn around, and <laughs> here drove this black doom buggy with, Speakers all on the front playing It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, and here they are practicing for the Christmas parade. And I thought, Very cool. Did they have the costumes on, or were they just kind of hanging out? No, they were in t shirts, and uh, the men were in t shirts and pants, the women were in t shirts and um, skirts. Right. Now, as funny as that sounds, where they're not in full costume for the show, that makes it cooler even more so. You get to just see people just kind of rehearsing and getting ready for the show coming up. Not a lot of people see that. No, it was, it was at the early part, and I don't know whether or not either one of you have done the Keys to the Kingdom tour. Mm-hmm. I have. But, Sam, yes, you had to. I have, yeah. So you know that as part of the Keys to the Kingdom tour, going back to that parade float area is pretty early on in your tour. Uh, Pretty much, sure. And I turned and I looked at, at Angela and I said, I'm not certain this could get any better than this. This is by far the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Not certain things could get any cooler than what I'm looking at right now. And but, I was wrong. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> you didn't go downstairs yet. I hadn't gone downstairs yet. <laughs> so let's talk about that for, for a second. The Keys to the Kingdom tour, for those that don't know, is at Magic Kingdom. Uh, it tends to be early in the day. I don't know when you had uh, – what time did you start your tour? 9 a.m. 9 a.m. So that's probably right around park open, yes? Yeah, uh yeah, it opened actually early extra magic hours. It opened at seven, I think. Seven oh, minutes, okay. But. So you're well past opening. When I did it, I purposely scheduled it for before the park opened, just so I could get in there past the uh, past the main gates and take some pictures on Main Street. So mm, I've uh, done I've done early reservations at Crystal Palace just to do that. That's, to that's do the same enough. thing, absolutely. And, and essentially, it, it's an interesting tour because number one, and I know you mentioned you want to talk about your tour guide because they are absolutely awesome. Um, you spend a little time on Main Street, and then they sort of take you behind the scenes, and it gets really neat, and that's where you got to see the parade float. Um, when I did it, I actually got to see the Spectro Magic floats that were still in storage before uh. there was an issue with them. Exactly. And they were all, like, sort of uh, packaged up, like, and in, in packed into the back corner of the parade building where you get to see that stuff. Then we went back on stage and rode a couple of attractions, and we can touch on that a little bit. But I want to kind of give the listeners uh, a feel for what that is because I think it's definitely worth it. Um, it's worth the money from my point of view because you get to go backstage. You get to ride a couple of attractions uh, with a different feel to them. Uh, the Jungle Cruise is an old Sam's Disney Diary where they don't do the Jungle Cruise theme, but they tell you what's going on behind the scenes, which is really cool. That and was lunch was included. Did you have well, lunch? Well, I was going to well? say. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we did. Everybody. Good. What rides did you go on? Uh, Jungle Cruise and what? We went on Jungle Cruise and the Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. Those are the same two I did. Yes. So Lots of cool trivia that you learn when you're back there, too, right? 
a lot of little things and a lot of things that that I had already known through reading a myriad of trivia books because it's one of the things I like to read just in my spare time. Um, right. But a lot of things that things that I thought were really interesting, not necessarily trivia things, something so simple as we were standing and, and talking to our tour guide just as we were about to re-enter on stage where the parade comes out right there in Frontierland. And we're sitting there waiting, and one of the things that she points out is this is where all the, all the cast members, all our performers for our parade, wait before they come out on stage. And then she pointed to this bench mm-hmm. that is about seven feet in the air. It's bolted up on the, on the wall. And she said, can anybody tell me what they think that is? And I was really stumped. Just about every question that she asked, I had a really good feel of what the answer was. I was very stumped. And somebody turned and said, is that for the people that are on stilts? And I went, oh, that's brilliant. Absolutely. <laughs> sit right there with the, with a huge mirror right up there, with, there, too, right? Yes. I was like, that is awesome. There, there, is there's cool. a really big mirror around the corner where everybody looks at themselves the last time before they go out. And I thought right where you're talking about, which is right by Pecos Bills, where the parade starts, the, the thing I found was interesting was the, the, the line behind. So the parade doesn't start for the performers at the gate. The parade actually starts way back at this yellow line. So when you see them coming, they're already performing and they're already doing their, their dances. And things. I thought that was cool. Uh, one of the things that stood out back there also was that they have to actually be on stage, I guess, or they have to be performing because the train also comes through. Yep. So as soon as they exit out that gate, they have to cross over the railroad tracks there. Always have to keep that in mind. That was really fun. Uh, yeah, Keys to the Kingdom is one of the best tours I think they have. It's about $70, but then all the discounts can apply for manual passes yep. or Visa cards, uh, things like that. And it's one of the only ones that's affordable that has lunch. And the lunch is pretty special. And did they take you upstairs with that? Was it pretty much like roped off? Uh, we actually have lunch over at Tomorrowland Terrace. Oh, that is the first time I've ever heard yeah, that. That's did. great. That's good. Now, they, it looks like they brought, um, they gave us options. They brought us food in from Casey's, which is one of my all-time favorites. Oh, so nice. I, I had myself a barbecue spot hot dog. So you um, could get from different places? Yeah, it looks like their options were either Cosmic Rays or Casey's. Uh-huh. So so was the Tomorrowland Terrace restaurant open? No, that was just where they sat us. The tables, gotcha. That's really that, an odd situation. Well, and if you think about it, though, if it's a busy day in the parks, because what did they do for you and I, Ed? I know where you were going. They roped off a segment upstairs in the Columbia Harbor House. True, and it's usually a time where they actually don't even have people going up the stairs for two of the times I went. Um, and one other time it was just upstairs, it was roped off. So Got it. But hey, that's, there's nothing wrong with sitting over there in Marland Terrace. No, that'd actually be nice. That'd be different. I'd like to order from a couple different restaurants. Cool. That's cool. Any uh, interesting facts from the rides that you picked up, Jungle Cruise or Haunted Mansion? Uh, yes, uh, a few things. A couple of things that I had known already. Uh, the duplicate faces between the Haunted Mansion and the Jungle Cruise. Yeah, right. And one of the things that I'm talking about here is that when you get to the scene where there are three guys on a pole and they're getting attacked by a rhino, 
the, <laughs> he didn't get the point during the end. Yes, he did not get the point. Uh, the gentleman that is at the bottom, that face is the same face of the graveyard keeper as you're entering mm-hmm. the graveyard in the haunted mansion. Same exact face, which is not something I, I had totally put together. It had always looked familiar to me, and I didn't quite understand why. Uh, that piece was very interesting to me. That's cool. Uh, general ride function. For me, for the last 15 years, I've spent more time looking around and trying to figure out how things work Yep. than, than I have sometimes even enjoying the ride or the experience. And to learn that that water's, you know, four feet deep. Not very water, deep at all. Yep. No, not, not very deep at all. But in the trench that runs, that controls the boat, is four feet under that. So that that piece of it was very fascinating that to is me. Kind of cool. I uh, 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 the fact that the water is dyed, so is dyed. You can see the bottom of it is kind of cool. Uh, speaking of, right. did you guys go this last trip? Well, you did obviously, Lisa, because you went on the the, um, the the tour. But did you go on the Jungle Cruise, Sam? I, I did. I had a fast pass. Did you trip. Did you notice the color of the water this time around? It was almost wine colored. It was a you very, know, very I, dark I, maroon type of color. It wasn't like that, brown or anything. I did think that too. It looked, uh, and I wasn't sure if I was noticing it because I was looking at the color of the water. Um, but where you can notice it the most uh, right. is at the waterfall. The backside of water. Right. Sure, it was the perfect. The backside of water is a functioning asset for the Jungle Cruise because it mixes it up, which is right. that's it's just incredible, and it gets back to. To Lisa, why we're nerds, and we look at that stuff and go, "That's pretty cool." Anyway, right. sure. Um, Haunted Mansion. One of my favorite things, and we, the kids and I, still do it every time we get off. Is the rubber wall. When you got off the Haunted Mansion, you're on that moving um, conveyor belt, and you get to the end, and there's a rock wall that's there on your right, and then on the left side is the path, is the doorway that you keep on going out. Well, that wall is rubber. And the tour guide who showed us kind of like punched it as he was going by, and the rest of us kind of did it too. And we kind of do that every time we get off the Haunted Mansion now because <laughs> it's kind of cool punching a rock wall, and it's not. <laughs> Just in case someone were to run into it, um, right. it's, uh, it's soft rubber, not a brick yep. wall. But you never know if you didn't punch it. They say Disney thinks of everything. That's right. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Do you guys know that there are 17 Jack Skellingtons hidden in the haunted mansion, I did not know that. I I didn't know there Is was that one. Only during the the when they recently refurbished the haunted mansion, the cast members hid seventeen Jack Skellingtons. Only one of them is visible to guests, and that one is if you stand in. Oh, before you go into the stretching room, and there is the picture on the wall of the gentleman that ages before he turns into a skeleton. As he ages, he becomes Jack Skellington for a brief second. I didn't even notice that. Like it, I is it only October? Not that I'm or aware of, from what I understand. All the time. It's an all the time thing. And, you know, that's one of those things you just don't pay attention to because you've seen it so many times. Damn, I'll have to pay attention next time. Cool. That is cool. So now what's the sense of putting 16 others that we can't see? It's for, Who cares? It's for the cast members. 
I think the cast members are really upset with the overlay that they have at Disneyland versus what they have. They don't have an overlay at Disney World. Gotcha. Sure, we we talk about that all the time. I've seen it. It's a good one. Okay, well, very cool. Now, I tell you what. As far as something cool and new that I saw this time around, I think that um, I think the Star Wars dessert party was probably my biggest thing. Um, I'd never done that. I'd never taken the time to actually kind of just slow down and do that. And Sam and family and John, we had a blast. It was uh, quite the event. I've done that before, and I continue to go back. So a little different. Yeah, no doubt. A little different this time. Um, and I tell you what, the only complaint I would have about the entire event was actually the place where they had a stand. Believe it or not, I don't think that's the best place for you for the fireworks show. Right. Um, and we, we had a fun time with the fireworks show. Now, the show we saw was on Wednesday night. And um, they were already starting to have some storm issues, not because of the hurricane as much, but there was other storm problems. So the show was kind of truncated. There was no faraway fireworks. So we really didn't get the full show that first night, but I'm sure I think Sam must have gone back for the full I show. I absolutely then, right? went back and caught the full show and stood right in the middle, not off to the left a little bit, which is where the, the viewing was for that VIP package. So, so the difference for the Galactic celebration was uh, the event, the food, uh, the, the drinks were inside of uh, – they were inside. Mm-hmm. And are, those, yeah, no. are those inside the launch bay? Yes, it was inside Launch Bay, sort of uh, a corner down by the meet and greets they had roped off. Uh, mm-hmm. And so everybody sort of mingled down there, and you had a couple of drinks, and they had the, the Darth Vader cupcakes and the BB-8 stuff, and that was all really cool. And then they escorted you from Launch Bay all the way out to the center, which was kind of neat to be walking behind a, a clone trooper that was taking you out there. Not a clone trooper. Oh, yeah, no doubt. First Order trooper. Uh- Restorer. And that, they were walking around inside for the dessert party, and they were being very social. They weren't being as standoffish as they normally were. So that was kind of cool to get a couple of pictures with those guys. It was. Um, and actually, if you stood, we were standing, or we are actually sitting right underneath where uh, Ray's speeder was yeah. in the, the lunch bay, to give you an idea specifically where we were. And a uh, lot of different dessert offerings. Sam's going to have some pictures up, I'm sure, about this. Absolutely. And the and, fireworks um, themselves, which are, oh, love it. Yeah, the fireworks shows are great. I mean, my favorite line is you got freaking lasers coming out of the buildings, actually. <laughs> yes. Um, and that just does everything for me. Um, so, that, you know, definitely, definitely very fun. Um, now, something I did that I haven't done in a while, probably like three or four years, is watch the fireworks at the Magic Kingdom from the hub. Mm-hmm. And we were lucky enough to do that, um, I want to say it was probably Wednesday night, too, after Hollywood Studios. I went over to Magic Kingdom, and uh, we were able to take advantage of that because there was a lot of people hanging around, but it was still a lot of room right in front of the castle. So were you in the old hub, in the new hub? Where exactly were you? We were in the old hub. Okay. So we were kind of like out of Tomorrowland, across the bridge, but then straight out into the street, and then you turn toward the castle. Nice. Um, and it was really, I mean, again, I always thought you'd be so close you couldn't really see anything, but that was really fun down there. So that was kind of a different thing that we did. Different angle. You have to love that. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, anybody see any good parades or anything new in that regard? Uh, well, actually, Lisa, our vlogger on spot, 
was able to see the last Main Street Electrical Parade. Isn't that true? I did. I was able to see the last Main Street Electrical Parade. Very nice. I didn't have the vantage point that I wish I had had. Charlotte had a much better vantage point than I did. Uh, but I, I was able to enjoy that one last trip uh, through Magic Kingdom. Very cool. So you're a real, you're a big fan of the parade? I, I do like Spectrum Magic a little bit more. Uh, but I will miss it. And one of the reasons I'll miss it, I'll, I'll miss it for a few reasons. I find it incredibly entertaining. My kids really love it. Sure. Right. That's a big thing. But it really does eat up a lot of the crowds at night. And I spent another nine days after that closed. And several times we were at Magic Kingdom at night, and there was not a lot of, there was nothing to eat up the crowd. So those crowds, those lines for the attractions were significantly longer than they would have been had it been Main Street Electrical time or, you know, time to get lined up. Everything was on a bit of a delay. So it was tough to kind of plan how you do Magic Kingdom without that additional nighttime performance. Sure. Now, I heard they've been putting on some more castle shows and things like that to try to get get the upkeep. Um, a lot more shows in Frontierland, like the guys walking around and getting people involved and such. Uh, but yeah, you're right. The parade definitely does put a lot of people on the side of the street for an hour or more. Right, and it certainly you certainly see that when you're looking at the, the times on those queues for those lines. The standby times are still very long, right around parade time, or when parade time used to be. <laughs> I was just thinking, that's going to make me sad now, is that electrical, uh, the Main Street Electrical Parade's gone, and I'm sad because it was the time I got to ride the rides. Right. So, uh, you have to wonder, that new stage show that, by the way, I did not get to see, but one of the things that I enjoyed, we'll get to in a second, that new stage show, as you mentioned, they're running it at night. They never did that previously. Uh, were you able to watch that at night, Lisa, or did you see it, and what were your thoughts of the new castle stage show? I was able to see a part of it. I didn't get to see all of it. It is good. It's, um, again, it, it doesn't gain the attention that the parade did. So I think what they're, what they're looking to do, they aren't quite successful yet. But they do shoot fireworks off from the castle, and there is the character interaction with with the stage show. But unfortunately, uh, it just doesn't pluck those guests away from those standby lines. Right, and and it it makes sense. And you have to, it's something to do. But you know, you figure that whole parade route line, lined two or three people deep is a lot of people. Right. And, oh, it is. And like Plus, Ed, on that's top when you're of that, Space Mountain, right? You head on over there. <laughs> oh, yeah, no doubt. And on top of that, once the fireworks shot, shoots off, everybody walks out of the park. And then it usually empties out. So it was always kind of like uh, a trigger, I guess, where people would kind of take off afterwards. Oh, well. I mean, they'll have another parade. It'll be coming Something soon. Something will come. Yeah, we're, we're all hoping for Rivers of or not Rivers of Light, for Pink the Night. But <laughs> that'll be really interesting going down Main Street. Too. That's a whole other story. Now, the one thing that I was able to watch, and I absolutely loved it, it was new last year, is the Hocus Pocus Spectacular, which is the stage show that's new for the Halloween party at Magic Kingdom. And I, I really enjoyed that. I thought 
it was a wonderful use of the castle projection and a show at the same time. So there were different images and effects on the castle that tied into the show. And it was just perfect. And you could tell where this thing can go when you start to do that. Um, and I think another great example of that is the fact that that Star Wars show that we saw over at uh, the fireworks at, at Hollywood Studios on the, the, the Chinese theater, the fact right. that they are now talking about a Christmas show that's going to be there in November just lets you start to imagine that this can be used for absolutely anything. Sure. Did you see the? I saw a couple of the highlights of that. They've they've already been putting them out. There. I have not watched anything, but it. it I saw. Yeah, concept. It looks pretty images. incredible. But you just think about the what they did and what they built for Star Wars, and that's why they were building it, right? Oh, this is part of Star Wars land. Whatever that was to appease those people asking for it. But now Christmas time, it's this huge uh, Christmas show. That's absolutely incredible. Which means the castle can be. With this new stage, new Christmas shows, new new Halloween shows, new um, Valentine's Day, you name it. It's the well, possibilities are out and, there. And we have the tree over in Animal Kingdom. Now the only thing lacking has been Spaceship Earth with that type of animation. They do the laser shows on it, and they did the the uh, the big picture of Mike Wazowski right. a couple years ago yeah. where he was animated. But it wasn't really this type of animation. It seemed like, but and, they um, did it, which means. There are sure. projectors. I don't know if they were temporary for that or not, but they did it for uh, when they announced all the new summer stuff one year. They invited the media over there and did it. It was pretty cool. Right. But and think about it. When you leave, when you leave from Illuminations, you walk out of the park and you see that really today's world lame laser show on Spaceship Earth. Absolutely lame laser. They make it look like a globe that's sort of spinning. <laughs> right. With Siemens and Siemens' name club. comes up. Yeah, it's the old-time lasers that everybody was impressed with in the 80s. Um, so, potential. I, I, I don't think that would be a surprise or a shock to any of us if they kind of do that to Spaceship Earth very soon, too. Now, I wonder if they're going to go um, seasonal with the tree, uh, Tree of Life over in Animal Kingdom. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Like, it'll start snowing in some of these animations more so? I think they have one that has some snow in it. Um, so that'd be interesting to see. Definitely some good stuff to watch for. Absolutely. And all of that sort of said, and how cool it is with these projections and how they're doing the stuff, leads me to probably a topic for another show when we have more people. But at some point, we have to talk about the new Soren. Uh... Uh, yeah, I think we do because there's a lot of there's a lot of things to talk about because it's and you're right we really can't get into it now but safe to say it was great to see a new show. Now that I've seen it a bunch of times, I'm starting to see a little bit of the holes in it and yeah. So I think we need to kind of talk about. Although, did you get this? Was this the first time you saw it? This trip? it was yeah. the first time I saw it. Yes. Okay, so let's at least talk initially what your thoughts were as far as the new Soren. I thought it was. I thought it was great. I feel like they missed a little bit with the smeltizers. I didn't quite get the sense as much as I did with Soren over California. Right. You. I do. I remember the elephants. That's about the only smell I remember. Uh, there was the grass, and I and 
uh, you could smell, I think it was jasmine. As your, oh, right, India. Yeah. yeah that, those are the only two that I, that I recall. Um, and certainly it's another show worthy for certain. Um, the transitions were a very different than Soarin' Over California. A little abrupt? A little abrupt. <laughs> Um, Sam, how about you? Yeah, first time, right? First time I saw it. Um, music, absolutely phenomenal. Um, you have to love that. The the new Q area looks wonderful. There's a new track, and if you didn't know it was only an A and B theater in the past, you'd have no idea it's A, B, and C now. Uh, so I do think that the lines seem to be a little shorter, the standbys, but there are so many factors playing in that week with the hurricane that you can't. I don't think you could use that as a judgment. Um, right. The show itself, I, you know, I can really get into this one, and it's probably best suited for another topic. I think there were some misses, and I'll leave it at that. Sure. And, and we will come back to that, guys, so don't worry about it. But you're right. It's going to be a show on itself. And, um, yeah, I actually can't wait because I think it's going to be a little bit better now that all of us have seen I'll, it. I'll tease it a little bit because I, I felt like I was watching the prequels for Star Wars. And I'll leave it at that. But Norway was <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> really? Yes, it was. Frozen. Yeah. Okay, guys, first time for you for that ride, too, I guess, right? Absolutely. Yes, it was the first time for me. Okay, and? I thought the technology was outstanding. I thought they could have done much better with the ride track. Well, I don't think they changed the track at all. Isn't that the point? I know, and I really thought they could have. Really thought they <laughs> could have made I, that a I agree little bit smoother. You're right. Sure. You're right about that. But the it technology was, was great. The music was great. I can't wait to go back with my kids. They'll love it. Um, but I thought I I got bounced around a lot. I, I I was very thrown off by it. Right. Still a must fast pass ride. Uh, the line was pretty huge, even even still now. The, the line was huge all the time. Uh, absolutely loved it. Thought the technology is phenomenal. This is the standard for the new dark rides when it comes to technology. When it comes yeah. to uh, you know just the rooms in general and what to expect, because you had a mix in there of sort of the 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 animatronics that you could see evolve from Buzz Lightyear over in Buzz Lightyear Spin, then to the Mine Train, and now over there to to Norway, along with an overlay of projection mapping inside of a dark ride, absolutely phenomenal. Loved it. I will say I was a little disappointed in the queue itself, but I think that's because they were limited on their space and knew they were going to have some long lines. Uh, felt back a lot of sure. switchbacks, but you know it is what it is. Right, and I tell you what, if you've only been on the fast pass line, you do have to go standby once because you have to go through. Uh, who's the guy that owns the store and the sauna? Oh, you get to go through Wandering Oaken's. Wandering you have outpost, to, yeah. You have to go through his outpost because it is really kind of funny. Some of the stuff in it, there. it's in there, but that's just that one little spot. Granted, I agree. And, so and I, 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 yeah. is that right before you get on the ride? Uh, yes. Yes. Because you, you'll come out, you come out of there, and then you kind of like match up to where the fast pass line is, a little bit past that, I believe. Unless you go through the the, the switchbacks one more time before getting there, but it's close to the end. I think that that's. I think you come out and match up with the fast pass line there. We we were able to fast pass that, and I, I saw it, but I did not see what was inside. 
oh, it's great, because they have the sauna with the little window on the door, and every so often he, an animated him, comes up and wipes the steam away and says something to you, <laughs> or writes something in the steam. Yeah. Oh, it's, Which is, it's hilarious. It was good. And <laughs> I was not able to fast pass this one at all. So, uh, Lisa, I think I have mm-hmm. some questions for you in a second because you absolutely crushed your fast passes and your ADRs for those 11 days. Let me tell you, it was perfect <laughs> watching it. So we're going to talk about it in a minute. But um, what I had done, if you guys remember, when we met up over near the American Adventure, my children wanted to do that again. Um, so I needed to get in that line right before Illumination started. And the line was probably posted at 45 minutes. We were outside when it started, um, right when the first piece of illuminations went off. They just put up a rope and nobody else could get in line. But I was already in that line, and I was in the line with my Norwegian beverage, and it was perfect because we watched illuminations from the queue in, in Norway. Oh, perfect. That's a really and, good idea. And then, That's a great tip, actually, come to think of it. We, we watched, I would say, 75% of it before we were inside the door. And then once we got inside the door, they closed the door behind us. But it was okay. We're in line. We're going to ride this. Illuminations is going off. It is what it is. It was good. And actually, Illuminations goes off. It finishes. People are starting to walk out. And then you guys come out and nicely usually stroll Absolutely. out. Absolutely. And in fact, um, some great pictures of the queue area with nobody in it and the the ride with nobody when we got off there was nobody else getting on the ride right so of course we tried to go can we go one more time can we go one more time (laughs) (laughs) there's nobody in line come on let us go one more time it does not hurt to ask Uh, you always have to ask and i thought you never know maybe but they they didn't um they wanted to go home home. but i i gotta tell you something that queue when i was taking pictures of it empty it was a mess. There was trash all over it. And I just yeah. scratched my head and go, either Disney missed and didn't put a garbage can in there somewhere where they should have, or I, I you know, you got to shake your head as a nerd. Just go, come on, people. No, I, I it think it's just a, the amount of people going through there, yeah, put it in a garbage can. What can they do? Uh, although cast members, you're right, they should be going through there and trying to clean up, but it is super crowded. Those switchbacks are right next to each other everywhere. Yeah. Now, Sam, you mentioned Lisa's fast passes, and I was kind of watching some of the things she was doing too. And um, she called into the show for crying out loud, and she was in <laughs> the California Grill watching Wishes. How do you make that happen? Tell me, what's your plan walking into that? How do you, how do you end up with that and Keys to the Kingdom and these other ADRs and the fast passes for Frozen and and? Ugh. <laughs> it requires a lot of planning. I, yes, it does. You, you know that as a Disney nerd, it requires a lot of planning. I think I answered this um, when when I called in from the California Grill, and one of the things I didn't mention, I, I know you, Sam, had asked me, when did I make the reservation, it, how long in advance, what was I looking at, etc. Now, 180 days. California Grill is a staple for us. We like to do dinner, one nice dinner or trip, and it is usually the California Grill. Um, And for those of you that read the Disney Nerds blog, and if you don't, you should, uh, (laughs) I'm going to do a restaurant review on what we ate. Nice. um, Because really, my meal was outstanding, and it always is. My meal was outstanding. 
But we look 180 days in advance, and I tend to kind of poke around touringplans.com and uh, take a look at what the Magic Kingdom hours are projected to be at that particular time or that particular day that I'm looking at. And I will make try to make a reservation for an hour, maybe an hour and 20 minutes before Wishes. So that's that's always my goal, is to get in. So that way, I'm able to enjoy my dinner, go out and enjoy Wishes, come back and enjoy my dessert. Ah, well, I like that whole... Love it. I like that whole comeback thing. Um, I didn't, never even thought about that as far as going outside and then coming back inside to finish, um, which I guess is very they, – they want you to do that, or they, they have no problem you doing that. No, they have no problem at all. As a matter of fact, they, they recommend it. Um, the, the wait staff there is outstanding. Uh, they, they do a phenomenal job at managing – they know when you make a reservation – on a night that wishes is at 10 o'clock, they know that people that are walking through the door between 8.15 until 10 o'clock have made that reservation in order to see wishes up there during their meal. So they right. adjust accordingly. So my reservation this past time was at 8.45. Um, so it was timed out pretty, pretty perfectly. I could have had my dessert dropped off at my table and I could have started that beforehand, but we waited a little bit and then had it delivered afterwards. Uh, and we are going again in February. We are down for the um, Princess Half Marathon weekend. Nice. Beautiful. And I have another reservation at California Grill for 9 p.m. Nice. So Perfect. is that your preferred – so there are a couple of things you said there that that going to make sure people understand. It's a little trickier than what you said because this time of year you have regular wishes, you have hallow wishes, you have uh, um, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Party. Fireworks times change depending the on the of night. Difficulty, the degree of difficulty is a little bit uh, challenging when you get into – um, Mickey's not so scary, and the Very Merry Christmas Party. It and off season because they're earlier or they're later, so it's not like hey, the wishes is the same time every night because that's not the case. So you got to do your homework here and make sure you're you're not up there and find out wishes is an hour later than you thought because it's a Halloween party. Now that could be cool because you get to see Hallow wishes, but there is a lot involved there. So there's lots of credit due there. Good job. Thank you. It's it's one of the things I feel like I do very well is making dining reservations. <laughs> so okay, if California Grill is your go-to spot, what's number two? Uh, well, do I have my kids or do I not have my kids? Ah, uh, that's a great question because you're absolutely. <laughs> well, we'll stay with October trip. No kids. Ohana. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Great. Ohana's my number two, and it doesn't matter. I I did it for breakfast. Um this trip but i i can do it for dinner as well and staying in the same resort kona has a mm. a very special place near and dear to our hearts um i got engaged uh at the polynesian so we went to kona after i got engaged so that's right. a staple at every trip whether we have the kids or not we always take time out to go to kona whether it's for breakfast lunch or dinner Nice. Did you squeeze be our guest in? 
We had be our guest reservations on Saturday morning. Oh, that's right. <laughs> the day that you couldn't quite get there because you were driving and you were intended. So so we started this whole conversation with the, the nightmare of getting down there because you had a drive down. Then you had 11 days or maybe 10 if you take one away. By the time you were ready to leave, had you forgotten about that drive down? Was it a distant memory? How did that – what were your thoughts on it looking back? Yeah, it, it – I don't know whether or not I'll ever forget about the drive down. <laughs> right, and I, I get it. I get it. There were there were certain there were moments in that drive that I, I thought it was over. <laughs> were, I shouldn't have even gotten into a car. Uh, I don't think I'll ever forget about the drive. It was an adventure, and it's a great story to tell. Sure. Um, but I will tell you that I got on the plane on Tuesday afternoon, and when we got off the plane in Providence, I turned and looked at Angela and I said, that's a much better way to travel. <laughs> sure, absolutely. Two hours and two uh, hours three hours. Some minutes later, yeah. It was like two, yeah. two and a half hours. I said, like, that is much better than driving. I'll take that over driving any day. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. So, no, it, it was, certainly wasn't far from my memory, but it was, but it but it was a much, it was a flying is a much better way to travel. Right. Well, sure. If you're coming from there, absolutely agree. The the moral of the story for, for Ed and I as well. Although Ed <laughs> has done it before, um, but you've done it in taking your time and made some stops on the way down, and you weren't racing a hurricane. Oh, pretty much, pretty much. Uh, the last couple, the last three summers, four summers, we've driven down. And um, I like to drive just because once we're down there, we have our own car, and that's always a good thing. Plus, we usually tie in more than just Disney when we get down there. Exactly. So. It? so it works out. And we were able to do that, and we did that without a car. But uh, one of the things that uh, we got back before we left, and I think we all have these people in our lives, unfortunately, uh, when you go and say, oh, you're going to Disney World again? <laughs> yes. <laughs> again, I'm going to Disney World. Oh, you're going for 12 days? That's a really long time. Is we it? Got, we got to the, and it's the longest trip. It, it, we typically only take like five days, six days tops. Got so it. to be down there for 11 days, originally it was 12 days, but now 11 days. We got to the end and looked at each other and said, no, it wasn't too long. Uh, it wasn't, right. We definitely didn't feel like. We, we, it, the way that, that we were able to capture the trip, we split our hotel stay. We were able to do a lot more relaxing. It wasn't go, 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 go. And it was, 12 days was amazing. Was it nice. Amazing. Yeah, everybody should have that time in the parks. It's awesome. Um, you know what, guys? We've been going really long, so I tell you what. Well, I think we're going to have to. Yeah, that's the fun part about it because you know what? At the beginning, I said this is going to be the last show about the trip in October. I think we're going to have to probably talk about this one more time next week. Yeah, uh, we're going to have. We'll hopefully have Jimmy with us, Charlotte, and Jennifer, and hear some of the stories they had, experiences, and things like that down at the parks. And um, so I think that's what we're going to do. So, Ed, if we're wrapping up, let me ask you this. What's your uh, Halloween costume this year? I'm going as a um, I'm going as a Wookiee. I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to be going as a Wookiee, nice. but I I had I got the, my daughter got me the Wookiee mask, the uh, the laughing oh, mom. Oh, come on! Mask. You got the the singing Chewbacca mask. Is that 
it, the Wookiee Warrior is the exact name off the box. I'd like to know yes. why it took you so long to get that. <laughs> well, because I couldn't buy it for myself. That The whole key was Hope bought it for me, so that was kind of cool. <laughs> so uh, there you go. I, so yeah, I'll I probably do some variation some of that. Brown zip-up sweatshirts that have fur on them. That uh, and if I would have thought about I it might beforehand, have seen at one of my local targets a big jumpsuit type thing that zipped up. That was <laughs> yes, you did. Too. I the big ones. I did. Yeah, the big onesie. That's all you need, Ed. You're done <laughs> with that mask. <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to be too scary. Uh, how about you guys? Do you have a costume this year? Before we close up, I typically am always Vader. So that's pretty yep. easy. Even when Vader was not popular, I was Darth Vader. So. Nice. I, I haven't dressed up in a couple of years, and the last time I dressed up, I was um, I was a Disney tourist. <laughs> the very- I, oh, okay. i got to tell you, I saw, I saw a, picture. a picture of one of the best <laughs> Disney nerds at a Halloween party that I ever saw. That was good. <laughs> oh, you guys, that's right. That was good. That was a great Disney nerd outfit. Very anyway, cool. so there we are. We're all going to be Disney nerds. Woohoo! Okay, guys, and I tell you what, email us what you're going to be for this Halloween. We definitely want to hear it. Um, email us at thedisneynerds at yahoo.com. So, for Sam, Lisa, this is Ed, and that's it for show number 156. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Kongaloosh. See you real soon. If you would like to join our jamboree, there's a simple compulsory mortals pay a token fee rest in